episode 46, chapter 2 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today, we're talking to Bishop Emma Einson. The Reverend Dr. Emma Einson is Bishop of Penrith. She was formerly principal of Trinity College, Bristol, where she taught practical theology and spirituality and chaplain at Lee Abbey Community. The roles have helped her understand and appreciate the breadth and depth of the church, and being married to a vicar, she has seen firsthand both the joys and challenges of parish ministry on the ground. Few would argue that excellence is a bad thing. We may call different things excellent, but excellence is always seen as good. And this desire for excellence is typically what drives ambitious people. We want to be the best or produce the best because we want excellence. But as our ambitions and desires for success move us forward, how can we know that the excellence we desire is truly excellent? And how can we know that we want excellence for the right reasons? As we try to live a lifestyle of discipleship, one of our tasks is to work to understand our identity. We're called to understand the way our actions are motivated by the person we believe ourselves to be. In this chapter, Emma unpacks the ways we can begin the inward journey of evaluating our motives and our heart. And in the end, this work is one of the most important things an ambitious person can do. I like how you, um, you know, you, you say excellence is a better word um, to pursue than uh, success is. And I, and I like that word because, again, it really, it helps us uh, know the way in which we should go about pursuing, walking forward, you know, aiming our am- ambition. So if we are pursuing something like, you know, success or excellence in our relationship with Christ to be more like him, um, then that means we have, you know, we can focus on the things that's going to do that in the time and place in which we are. So, uh, Mm. you you know, for instance, if you're, if you're out in public, right, like you're, you're the hands and feet of Jesus in unique ways when you get to go to people and, and, and to, uh, you know, touch them, so to speak, uh, you, you know, uh, the way Christ would, but now we're in our homes, and so what does that look like to, you know, maybe it is a time for much more Sabbathing and reflecting silence and solitude. Um, Our entire lives have to be oriented now around whatever uh, the particular call is, and then yet still be able to walk with others and serve and minister to them well. Um, But can't this uh, pursuit of excellence uh, lead to, like, chasing legalism or perfection? Because, like, Josh and I both— you know, we, we both want to pursue excellence in our own ways. And I think, like, for Josh, it ends up being a lot more legalistic. He, he, you know, he, he talks that's about that. That's been my struggle. Yeah, yeah. And then for me, it's like I have this—I'm I'm a type one on the Enneagram, so, like, perfection is what I'm always seeking after. And so I can kind of get caught up in my own head there. So um, so are there some dangers to using, then, this word excellence? And then I guess, I guess really what I'm after with this question is, is how do we evaluate our motives to make sure that they're pure? Yeah, and that's always the question, isn't it? With all of this, with ambition, with success, with excellence, it's about why. You know, why are you seeking to be excellent? And what does that mean? So, you know, Paul in Philippians 4, finally, beloved, whatever is true, honorable, honorable, just, pure, pleasing, commendable. Is anything excellent? 
and anything worthy of praise. Think about these things. So, I mean, Paul uses this word excellence quite a lot. And when he uses it, he means the Greek word that he uses, arete, it means excellence in and of itself. So it's not a comparative excellence. It's an excellent within myself. So I think when okay. when Jesus calls us to be excellent, you know, it's not like a sort of trip advisor certificate of excellence sort of badge that we win. It, it's not I am five star excellent and you are only three star excellent. It is for who God has called me to be and in the vocation he has given me, I'm fulfilling that to the best of my ability, you know, in the power of his spirit. So I, I think, again, excellence is a better word, probably. Um, but it's it's understanding. The trouble is the world has often taken these words and used them for other means. And so if we think it's about comparison, it's not. It's about relationship with Jesus. It's about identity you know it's about who i am in him it's about knowing myself excellent in him and then working from that place rather than trying to earn um whatever you know the five stars that we want in ministry they're, they're just slightly different ways of approaching it i suppose well there's a there's a i mean what you're really talking about is just um excellence is the the proper functioning of a thing according to its creation and so, like, if we look at a, a hammer, it makes a terrible screwdriver, but it's great for pounding things in. It's excellent at that. And so, um, that that's been something that I've struggled with. As Chris mentioned, is is this tendency toward legalism, where my motives are to uh, achieve favor with God. And really, the last six years of my life have been about God undoing all of that and bringing me back to the point of realizing. Uh, that my creation and my calling is to just simply be a follower of him and let the rest of the the issues that I that I think are so important fall away. And and when I do that, that is excellent. And actually, and it's about um, it's about success rather than excellence. But he's saying a similar thing. He says, you know. Um, a millionaire is successful at being a millionaire and a donkey is successful at being a donkey. You know, it's, it's not yeah, a, yeah. you are to be excellent and successful in, in who you are, not comparing yourself to somebody else. So, uh, yeah, I think that's really right. It is about motivation and it is about identity. You know, it is about knowing who we are and whose we are and then working from that place. I love this, this emphasis on identity because, um, you know, obviously it's our step one in creating a lifestyle of discipleship, but uh, the more I've come to, and more I talk with guests like yourself, you know, that have this emphasis, like like you just mentioned, it's it's so incredibly freeing to discover that, that success isn't about becoming somebody else, or again, most of what we talk about when we talk about success is in this comparison vein, but yeah. when you say it's about identity and becoming who I am meant to be in Christ— I, I find so much freedom and, and joy that can come out of that sort of a relationship because uh, it empowers me to then just pursue, like like you said, my vocation, who I am supposed to be. Um, I'm curious, though, as I'm talking about this, do you have any particular practices that you routinely use to help evaluate your motives in this thing? Like uh, Because that that is the one thing about uh, pride is that it's always cropping up you know, in our lives in ways that we 
never expected. In fact, it was it was in preparation. I don't remember if if you I was reading like three different books because your book was making me. <laughs> we'll get to it on on the uh, the beatitudes. So I was reading a bunch, and maybe you covered this, but this idea that pride is sort of one of these vices. Like most of the other vices come to us when we're at our lowest, and pride comes to us when we're at our our greatest. Um, yeah. Do you have any practices though that help you evaluate your motives and and you know keep you on track? Yeah, um, I, I talk in the book about, I, I do this bit of reflection on um, the character um, mentioned in Third John, Diotrephes. And he is described as Diotrephes, who liked to put himself first. And I just think that's a, that's a really, um, you know, that's the kind of description you don't really want <laughs> of, of yourself. And how, so I have this whole thing, how do we um, try and, how, how are we not like diatrophies? How do we not live like diatrophies? Trying to put ourselves first. And I think some of it is around practices of um, self-reflection. So understanding ourselves and allowing God's Holy Spirit to shine that light on ourselves so you you know you mentioned enneagram type three um that that's my type too and i know that and i'm aware of that and so i know those times when that um you know that little voice says to me you need to be successful at this you need to be better than that person at this so i think practices that we can do things like enneagram or other sort of personality uh, analysis tools that help us to know know ourselves and understand ourselves are a good start. Um, I think that just doing that careful inner work on character, you know, when I was principal of the theological college, um, there was a lot of drive to give our students the right skills. So skills in preaching, skills in exegesis, you know, skills in how to do pastoral conversations. And all of those are really important. But I was always most keen to do help them to do the work of character formation, that you can't just sit a module and write an essay and pass the pass the test. It's much more about living life alongside others and allowing especially those who are most different from you to shape and form your character um, so it's about community you know to, in terms of spiritual disciplines disciplines and practices it's about living in community uh, it'll be really interesting to see what this period of isolation does for us in terms of community and the way we build that and the way we understand that so practices of community discipline i mean just eating with others sharing with others hanging out with others um I think also it's been really important for me to have, I don't always understand myself as well as I should. So I need others to be able to help me to do that. So having those relationships of accountability are really important. Having those people who will say to you, you know, do you realize what you do there? Or have you thought about thinking about this slightly differently? So some of that stuff around allowing ourselves to be um, accountable to others and then you know just really boring and old-fashioned but spending the time in um, prayer in silence in meditation in sifting through the messages that come our way um, we get so many different messages through media through you know all sorts of different places just that time to sit quietly to allow God to be God um, to read God's word daily those sorts of things which are not reinventing any wheels um but are really important i think yeah they are important and i think it's uh you know we like to cover the basics on the podcast because um 
you know, it, it's, I guess it's the old term, like it might be cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like these basics, uh, we get too conditioned to hearing them. Okay. Yes, we should pray. We should read mm-hmm. our Bible. We should spend mm-hmm. time in meditation, but the more we can connect them to a deeper reason like that, and we can understand the purpose that they're producing in us. I think it helps us to, to see that, okay, this isn't just, um, you know, a task on the checklist that I have to check off. No, this is actually doing something in my life and it's for a purpose. And that purpose is to, you know, uh, meet with Christ and to, you know, ultimately to become more like him. I think even, even this, uh, idea of trying to be, be like him can become sort of a, you know, a, a faulty motive if, if it will, because again, we're still trying to measure up to something and, and instead of just mm-hmm. having a relationship with him, mm-hmm. um, but uh, so I just wanted to echo what you just said there, because um, I, I have found silence and solitude to be a great antidote to that as well. Because, again, if it's just me and God, well, I'm clearly the low man on the totem pole and I'm not here. I'm not impressing anybody. And I have to learn to come to grips with who I am without all of the extra stuff that's going on. And so um that that's been a really important one in in my life, especially lately. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think just on that, I think sometimes it's mm-hmm. presented that you're kind of either in that place of quiet and contemplation, or you're ambitious. And I would say it's the opposite to that. The more ambitious you are, the more you need to be spending that time yes. quiet and compl- contemplation. Um, the more you need those things in your life to keep you rooted, to keep you uh, your motivations right. So. Yeah, actually, so my favorite quote in the book that you're saying right now, I just want to read it because I I highlighted this thing. This is my favorite one. And you said, the more ambitious you are as a Christian leader, the more you need to pay attention to the formation of inner life to a Christ-like character. And um, man, like that's going on my wall because that that hit me right between the eyes. And it's it's true. And we don't we don't talk about that sort of stuff. And so you're giving people permission to to be ambitious, to seek the calling for which, you know, God has given them. And I want to talk about vocation here next. Um, but it, it also is a call to realize the importance of, uh, you know, certain dangers that come up along the way that we're going to have to face when we, you know, deal with our sinful flesh, when we go out there and we deal with the uh, struggles that the world will throw at us. I mean, there will be temptations that come along and, you know, you, you, you can kind of get an audience, you can get some people around you, and then all of a sudden you think, wow, I can do this on my own. I really don't need God. And so that's when it becomes all the more important to realize who we are and, and, and to, uh, you know, to go deeper in, in that character formation like you're talking about. It's important for those of us who are ambitious to be constantly evaluating our motives. What drives us and why? Asking ourselves these hard questions helps reveal our motives so we can seek true excellence, what God has created us for. This gets to the heart of character formation. As Bishop Emma points out, the more ambitious we are, the more we need to pay attention to the basics that are going to form our character. Excellence isn't excellent if it destroys our lives. What good is it if we gain the whole world but lose our souls in the process? So I want you to evaluate how ambitious you are. What do you want? What drives you? What has God called you to? And then 
I want you to determine if your current way of life is adequate for developing your character. You may need to cut back on certain activities until you can implement a plan for appropriately walking with God and walking with others. Until you have a plan in place for character formation that meets your ambition, your main focus should be to understand who God created you to be so your desire for success flows out of your identity. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Emma's work, check out her book, Ambition, What Jesus Said About Power, Success, and Counting Stuff. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation where Emma talks about a few of the ways we can work with Christ as He shapes and forms our desires. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.